What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning into the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. Fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. You can find it on iTunes, Podomatic, and DanCablePresents.com. You can hit subscribe on iTunes, and then the uh, newest episode will just pop right into your feed as soon as it's available. You can also click five stars, write a review, say a few nice words, and that will really help the show shoot up into the top of those iTunes charts and making it more nationally visible and uh, really contributing to the sustainability of the show and, and also helping the artists that come on on the podcast gain more exposure just outside of uh, the Portland area and, and all over the nation and whatnot, and sometimes the world. You know, sometimes you have, um, you know, the Scotland-born kt tunstall on the on the podcast like last week so you know we're reaching we're reaching outside of of the states you know circle waves they were on they were from liverpool anyway just uh hit subscribe it's it's helpful to the show and it would be much appreciated you can also check out the uh, dan cable presents youtube channel and find a bunch of in-studio performances and live performances and and things of that nature uh, the newest ones we put up were the Boca videos from Live at the White Eagle. So if you enjoy hip-hop, there's uh, quite a few of the most recent videos are, are hip-hop-based, including uh, the videos from our session from episode 100 at the Hallowed Halls with the Pariahs. That was still not that long ago. And, and those videos up up there, and they are killer. Um, just want to shout out one calendar date for, for this episode, and that is July 6th. My friends in Tribe Mars are releasing their full-length record over there at Mississippi Studios. It's going to be a killer show with Dan Dan and then one of my other favorite bands, Astro Tan. That's going to be a, uh, a really dope show. July 6th, Mississippi Studios. That's where you can find me. And uh, they're also they're putting out a vinyl for that. Uh, their MC Tiggy made a, uh, a comic book that goes inside. It's going to be, I'm super stoked to get my hands on one of those. I, uh, I earlier this year put out a, uh, a short film on tribe Mars. So you can find that on the YouTube channel as well. And, uh, you know, check out the band if you, if you haven't seen them then you should definitely check that out. And I would, uh, really encourage you to go to this, this album release show because their band has definitely evolved even since we we put that documentary out they've added some pieces and the live show is just better than ever so so check it out and um man this has been a crazy week anybody else having a rough one out there it's been a this is the fourth or fifth time i've tried to do this intro and uh this is the one i'm going with so whatever happens from here is uh there's there's no turning back now we've we've uh we've reached that point i'm I'm, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I am. Uh, I'm excited to bring you another episode of the podcast, and I'm really stoked that uh, things have made it 
this far. This is episode 100, 116. They just keep they just keep adding up and it's it's kind of crazy to uh think about how many episodes have have gone down and there's so many more people that I want to bring on this podcast and um got a lot of cool episodes ahead uh including some return guests and and some new ones and it's just cool that that the show is reaching some milestones lots of lots of love for last week's episode with kt and i appreciate the people that uh you know sent messages about that one and just realized the uh kind of the magnitude of getting an artist of that uh stature on the on the show it was a it was a big deal and it was cool to to get to sit down with her i encourage you to check that out uh, on this episode of the podcast i've got david pollock who is a uh, a singer-songwriter originally from uh, New York City. And he's been in Portland for about the last year and a half now. And this is a, a fun hang with David. It's very low-key, laid-back hang in the park over there at Peninsula Park here in Portland. We just set up the mics out there. I'm not sure I've ever really done it, done one outside like that. You know, I've done, I've, I know I've done some garage sessions sessions garage sessions you know i've done some patio or porch situations i know with shane we sat on out on the uh, the patio and that was real nice episode 98 with my friend shane brown and um but this one we just we just went to the park which is kind of my hopes for a lot of these episodes here during the summer and take take advantage of of this weather but just to do some podcasts outside while I have the the technology to do so so uh yeah David and I we we hung out on a bench there at Peninsula Park looking at the old rose garden we got real buttered up for this one real buttered edition and uh just chatted with him a little bit about about his new record realignment that he put out recently and as well as some some older tunes and just try to gain a better understanding of of New York City since I've never been there and um yeah I, d- I just dig this dude's tunes I I saw him recently get to play at this local roots singer songwriter contest and it was just a very very uh impressive performance and and I think he's got some some very cool songwriting and I talked to him about the uh the different dynamics that seem to exist on his different records and and just that he doesn't seem shy about trying to drift into other other genres and uh he just seems to have a wide net of of different influences and uh i just really love how they seem to come out in his music so um we're gonna get into it everybody this is uh episode 116 um, all the, the links for things will be in the episode notes so you can follow David Pollock and you can, you can follow me on Instagram at Dan Cable presents and on Twitter at Dan Cable, uh, Dan Cable presents.com is the official website for the show. You can find everything that is fresh up there as well as the YouTube channel and, uh, the iTunes stuff. Don't forget to leave the review. The review is important. It's, uh, it only takes a few minutes and uh 
it's super helpful. So if you got the time, you know, and you enjoy listening to this show regularly, um, go ahead and leave a review. I understand if this is only like the second or third time you're listening, but by the fifth time, you know, leave a review. That's all I'm saying. Anyways, this is David Pollock. This is off his new record called Realignment. We're kicking it off with the first track off of that record, and it's called Spotlight. Let's get into it. One of my friends, she's at the end, a whispering tongue with qualified love. take it over the top but no but this is just simple (laughs) (laughs) all right david pollock are you ready to to get into this thing man yeah let's do it yeah i'm stoked to uh to have you on the podcast (laughs) um i i feel like i have i have some goals with this conversation and and it's not to just uh go into your your new record realignment or or to to catch up on the past history of like your music catalog and stuff, but you're from New York. Yes, I've never been to New York. Oh, word! And like, yeah. I I just feel like I want to learn some shit. Like, like, what is it like growing up 
in New York? Like, you, were you in the city? Yeah, I was right in the city. That's yeah. crazy, man. Yeah. Like, well, I don't know. Can you can you paint me a picture of like what that looks like? Um. Well, I took the subway to school. That's kind of like, you know, like I was talking to you about this like off the air right before we started this. But like, you know, like after like sixth grade or something, like when I got into middle school, like after elementary, so elementary school, I took the bus to school and elementary school. I went to school in Brooklyn and I lived in Manhattan. and It was like 45 minute bus ride every day there and back. So that kind of sucked. And they had to pick me up really early in the morning because I was like the person most farthest away. And then. Take me on, and it was just like, ugh. But then once I got old enough, and my mom would finally let me on the train by myself. Yeah, I take the train to school a lot. Every day, I would take the train to school. You, they gave you a student metro card for through the school, which was great. Gave you like two or three rides a day, free. Uh, I'd get off. I'd get a ham, egg, and cheese from the bodega. Yeah, man. You know, and uh, I go to school. Yeah. Yeah, you were talking about how, like bodega is the bodega is, not, is, is a big. It's thing like not something not that really That's exists. A big New York thing. It seems like it doesn't really exist anywhere but there. I, you know, I, you're just always here yeah. about you know people from New York City talking about the bodegas and just like the killer food that you can get out of a bodega at three yeah. in the morning. Yeah, it's amazing, and they're 24 hours, and oh my god, my favorite, the chicken cutlet sandwich. I'm I'm a I'm a fan of the simple things, <laughs> but it's just. It's a chicken cutlet on a roll with Munster cheese and mustard All right. and lettuce. That's your that's your That's your my jam. It's very, it's very I love simple. It. No, that's, that's just like the simple shit. That is my bodega jam. If it's not the morning, the morning is a ham egg and cheese. Okay. It's just it just is. Um, with hot sauce. Having the opportunity to have all that time though, like on the on the subways and the buses, is that when you yeah. kinda like started geeking out with headphones and, yes. and diving into music like yes. pretty heavy? Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, I, I when I was really little, I had a Walkman and all these tapes. Yeah. And my my uh, I remember one of the first tapes I had was Loggins and Musina, and I would listen to that like over and over and over again. I just like loved that record. I was like seven or six years old, and I was like Vahivala on the sailor. Kenny Loggins and like that's like the first tape I really geeked out on. Fuck yeah, dude. That's like the first thing when I was like seven or six. And then the Beatles. I, my my mom and dad like spoon fed me the Beatles. That's and cool. That was, you know, I was there. I but then and then the CDs when that came out. Yeah, yeah. And Discmans and whatnot. Discmans, big on the Discman. I came to the Beatles at such a different point that I feel like a lot of people did. Like they grew up with it with their parents, and neither of my parents were like way into it. So I I didn't dive into the Beatles stuff until I feel like early twenties and and yeah. maybe like the last five to to seven years like really going heavy with it yeah and understanding the magnitude of it and yeah that shit is just so killer it's it's uh i mean i i'm a big paul mccartney fan i'm like paul mccartney is my guy he's just such an unbelievable you know uh songwriter with and with melody one of the best maybe the best melodic songwriter ever just ever. I mean, you know, John Lennon had the wisdom and, you know, he was incredible too. But Paul McCartney, just at a melodic standpoint, was just unbelievable. She's, you know, like, Melody's just like, he farted Melody's out of his ass. You know what I mean? It was just like unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you feel like you were just kind of immersed also in New York growing up in the city, just immersed with 
such an incredible variance of culture. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, culture and diversity. Um, yeah, it's just it's just incredible. I mean, if you, I mean, I I grew up in I grew up on the Upper East Side in Manhattan, so it was it was you know pretty diverse, but still it was it was pretty white and upper class and um, lots of lots of uh, big Jewish population. Um, but if you go out to like get away from that area, you go out to Queens. I mean, like oh my God, you go on one street and you'll see like the you know Jamaican uh, roti, and then you'll see Korean and the Vietnamese and the Russian like on one street, and and it's just like unbelievable. Like the it's like uh, you know people say that you you know it's like you need a passport in New York. And like that, it kind of is somewhat true because it's just you know all of the countries are there. Yeah, it's amazing. All different people. Did you start um, getting to go see live music pretty early on as well? Um, yeah, you know I um, well like first concerts when I was like really young. My I think my uncle took me to see Sweet Honey in the Rock, and that was pretty amazing. And my uncle also took me to see the Philharmonic when I was really young. Oh. <laughs> Which and I was like, I was, I still remember it. He took me to see the Philharmonic in this big church, and it was like, oh my god. <laughs> and I was like six years old, and I was just like, I loved it. You know, that was like, Sweet Honey Rocker. Those were like my first two concerts when I was with my my uncle took me. So that was really great. Um, what about like and then, shit like, that and you then sought I out? To, and then um, shit that I sought out. Like when I started in like middle school, uh, my cousin, who lived in New Jersey was a little older than me he took me all the pop punk shows yeah, in new jersey yeah. which like we we loved love this band midtown who's from new jersey <laughs> you know midtown, midtown? yeah okay cool sure. like we like went to all their shows we went to every every midtown show and like you know a lot of us like armor for sleep catch armor 22 sleep, man. um <laughs> I'll all go. these bands I, every That's once in a while man every once in a while there's just certain days something will trigger and I'll just go into a discography of like one of those bands. And yeah, it's, I don't know. It's so fun to listen to now. Yeah, like every once in a while, definitely. They're great. Listen to some of those some Armor of for Sleep great. tunes. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Um, when did you pick up an instrument? Um, I picked up an instrument. I started playing guitar. My dad bought me a guitar when I was like twelve. Um. But I was I was kind of like singing before then. Never with like any formal training or anything. I just was, you know, um, I had a, a walk. I had like a tape recorder with a um, with a microphone, and I would like sing. I would, I would record songs off the radio, and then I would sing to them <laughs> on the tape. And I'd name the tapes David's Greatest Hits. <laughs> and they went to like David's Greatest Hits, the second, the third, the fourth volume, the fifth volume, the sixth volume, Fuck seventh yeah, volume, David. the eighth volume. And then finally there was one when I was like getting a little, when CDs came in and I wasn't using the tape recorder, David Pollock's Greatest, David's Greatest Hits, the last hit. <laughs> I like love that. I love that I knew. In, you know, when I was seven years old, that this was going to be the last one, you know? When I was getting too old to sing the songs on the radio. Yeah, dude. But that's why I think I kind of, like, learned that instinctually how to... I would sing along with the radio when I was really young and, and like, sing on tapes. And, like, and then I got a guitar when I was 11 or 12. I don't remember, but sometime around that. Yeah. Um, and I started playing 
I'm getting real into it. And I had some guitar lessons too. And then I went to this summer camp um, when I was in like maybe like an eighth grade or ninth grade. It was called Bucks Rock, Bucks Rock Creative Arts Camp. And it was like this amazing arts camp in Connecticut. And I met all these like great people. And there were so many people that were learning how to play at the same time. So we'd all just hang out on the lawn all day and just like play music and play songs and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, I, I learned how to play really quickly just from being around a lot of people. Like, summer summer camp. I love summer camp. Yeah. And, and were you pretty drawn early on to, like, writing your own songs? Or, or were yes. you really kind of obsessive about just learning a bunch of songs that, that you wanted to play? Well, the interesting thing was, um, I guess this answer is, like, two different... Not... Well, yeah, the first I'll answer the question was, like, um, I, um, I, like, I love playing, but I love writing more. I think I, I like, yeah. writing a lot, um, the writing came first, definitely. I really loved writing songs. Yeah. Um, and I would write songs and, and show them to other people. Other people were writing their first songs, and everybody was just creative at that camp. And I definitely love writing songs, but then also, uh, another part to like color that answer, another part to color that answer is, you know, I had, once I first got the guitar, I had a lot of trouble just practicing, like practicing in my room or like trying to learn scales and stuff like that. I needed to like play with other people or perform for somebody. So from a very early age, this was probably after the first year at the summer camp, um, that's when I really started. I was always playing with other people and like started writing songs. Um, I used to, I started busking when I was like 14 years old and I would busk in Central Park and that would be my way of like practicing and like getting better. Like I would practice what I needed to practice in front of people because it motivated me to do it because I couldn't just do it in my room. I hate, I hate just playing. I still don't really play music in my room unless I'm, I just play more music out with people. For sure, you don't yeah. you don't get a lot of enjoyment of of just yeah. playing around with it unless you're actually like writing yeah. something. For sure. Yeah, like, I don't. I mean, a lot of people do, and a lot of people love just playing by themselves and holding out. I'm the complete opposite. Like, I hate playing by myself. I like very rarely do it unless I'm unless I'm writing. Yeah. Yeah, and when you were busking, were you playing a pretty solid mix of original songs and like cover tunes? At the beginning. I was playing, like, the very, very, the OG, the beginning. Yeah. I was playing, like, Time of Your Life over and over again. The <laughs> <laughs> Time of Your Life and Iris. By, that was, Fucking like, the two songs I knew, dude. and I would just play them over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Buffalo, good old uh, Goo Goo Dolls are Goo Goo from Dolls, New York. Yeah. Those were definitely, uh, the, those were definitely, like, the, the, the OG two songs that I first learned. I would just play them over and over again. It's so fucking wild, like, listening to... Those like first couple Goo Goo Dolls records, because they're like punk rock records. Yeah, basically. it's so weird. Very, they just really changed their yeah, shit. super it's raw. <laughs> some of it's real bad. It's so there's bad. There's some funny songs, man. It's really like, bad. Yeah. There's some really funny songs. And then they have that right in the middle, that chunk in the middle, which is that like superstar car wash. Superstar like um, and a boy you know, named Goo. Uh, major major label Sheen records, and then they just go off again. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Um, but they were good. They were good. I mean, I like, I, I still respect the Goo Dolls. I like the Goo Dolls a lot as a growing up. Yeah. Yeah. John Resnick's a, a yeah. solid songwriter, you know. I, I definitely haven't been on board in a yeah. while. I haven't been it's, on uh, board. Man. It's I really, jumped ship a long time ago. It's really hard for me to like, 
yeah yeah dig into what they do now but they definitely had a time and I a don't place even know for what me. they do now <laughs> they had a time and a place for me for sure they definitely had a time and a place for me yeah um, i did rock iris pretty hard and i played <laughs> that a lot when i was really young i really that's the one i honed yeah <laughs> that's cool yeah um when did you kind of like start digging into the songwriting then um well i started that camp i just didn't really play them out yet yeah um but i started that that camp um, and then, uh, I just kind of, it just kind of went from there. Um, so in like high school, were you playing any shows? High school? Yeah. I had a band. Okay. I had a band in high school called play. And were you fronting yeah. that band? Like your I songs? I was fronting and, the band and, and it was my songs. Yeah. And okay. we had a drummer and a djembe player. I always like loved rhythm. Yeah. Like I'm a big, like rhythm guy. And uh, so it was just me, a drummer and a, and a record OG. And then we finally were like, all right, we need a bass player. And we got a bass player. Yeah. That's definitely something yeah. I, I like was pretty quick to recognize within your music that you you love solid rhythms. Yes. You know, you will uh, definitely not shy away from doing like an R&B tune or having like an R&B breakdown yes. or uh, letting some of the the reggae um, yeah. influence kind of kind of run through sometimes. Yeah. And I think maybe, you know, maybe being in New York gets me more of those influences because I could see all this different kind of music from all these different, you know, different ethnicities and different countries and yeah yeah and i think that all this seems into my room like a guy that i love who's also from new york who i identify myself a lot with is paul simon okay because i like i love paul simon simon garfunkel and like that's a, that's i model some of my songs after that and the rhythms of the later paul simon graceland and um rhythm of the saints rhythm of the saints is like my one of my favorite records for sure yeah and I know you're a big Weezer dude. Oh, Weezer's we, like, like Paul, Paul Simon's on the list, but Weezer <laughs> trumps the list. Yeah. Was it like seeing that Buddy Holly video that kind of exposed you to Weezer, or were you already on board with with what was going on there? Like, do you know what got you super hyped about about Weezer? My um, English teacher in high school gave me two CDs, burned me two CDs. He burned me Loveless by uh, My Bloody Valentine, okay. and he burned me Pinkerton by Weezer, nice. and that's when I got into Weezer, because right. I came home, and I put that on, and I like flipped out. I was like, wow. And they, it's just, I've never heard anything that really gets that next level. I mean, oh my goodness. What an incredible, that's an incredible album. Yeah, and, and Rivers, Rivers' songwriting definitely seems to like yes. shine through in you. You definitely... Yes. I don't know. I, d I dig, I dig uh, what you have pulled away from that, for sure. Yes. Like when I listen to your music, um, I know what the local roots thing to do was kind of asking you, like what your influences were, but I don't know, you, you seem to like answer with like we like Weezer and, and Built to Spill and, and bands like that, but then also like some soul and, and yeah, like, yeah. Some, some super like stuff that rides a little harder on the pop side sometimes yes. you know yes and you seem to like melt like do a good job of merging those things like i know weezer obviously has some some big hooky hooky jams and stuff oh but my god man i don't know i feel like you you do a good job as far as like the built to spill vibes that i get and whatnot yes and the dinosaur junior shit yeah and like i feel like that comes through sometimes and yeah man i dig what you do with it Thanks. For sure. 
Yeah, you know, it's such a hot, it's just like a, it's, it's such a broad thing. I don't even know the best way to describe my music. But you know, like, but like, I, I say this to a lot of people, but I'm just going to say it again. I saw Alicia Keys speak one time, and she, and, and um, somebody was like, what kind of music do you like to listen to? And she's like, I like to listen to good music, because good music is good music. And I was like, all right, what's this sound like? It sounds like good music, you know? It's like, it's not like reggae or like rap or like, um, you know, um, rock or, you know, it's just good music. So like, I, I really want to say like, my music is good music, but I know that I have to like categorize it in some way, obviously. Yeah, for it's sure. Hard, it's really hard for me to do. Well, I think also one thing I like about going through your discography thus far or like whatever's available online Mm-hmm. Like you have that 2010 release, which is like some some pretty like low quality. That's the lo-fi stuff. Yeah, yeah that's the first like thing low, I really yeah, ever and, solo thing I ever yeah, did. Yeah, for sure. And actually, uh, I I dig the energy that you that you caught of the the song that we were talking about before uh, that you redid on the on why the next record. Yeah. Like, yeah, why not now? Dude, the energy on the on that first tight. recording though yeah. is so cool. <laughs> like, it's so cool. Yeah, I think it's so it's such a great energy. Yeah, you know some of the the vocals and stuff are like I'm a little picky with that. The vocals like you know a little flat now. Yeah, yeah, stuff yeah, like that. for but sure, it's absolutely. Like the vibe, the vibe of the that, the vibe with that is so good. I'm so glad I got to release that one. Yeah, and then I just redid it. For you know, sure, that was just a that was like a live recording that we did at a at a radio studio or something, but um. Yeah, I'm glad we redid it because both are di- are good for their. This is totally different songs. You know? Absolutely, man. Yeah. But I I guess what I was saying was that like what I've seen is that like going through your your albums, you like to try new shit, and you like to explore a lot of different genres, and you're not you're not afraid to, which is very cool. Like, I I dig that about about listening to your albums. Like every once in a while, it'll kind of divert and. Especially at the on the new one, like realignment, feel like some angst came out like yeah. on this record. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, you just seem to not be concerned ab- about putting yourself in some sort of box. Like you're just down to like let different influences shine through and and figure out how to make those work together. Yeah, man. Yes. Yeah, and I I yeah. dig that. Um. So, like, the first recordings are from like 2010. Mm-hmm. Um. When did you start like playing as David Pollock? Then, like, or just around that time? And well, um, I um went to call. I went to college first in Vermont, and then I took a little time off, and then I came back to New York, and you know, went back to school there. And I got a band together called Bridges, and we put out an EP, like two EPs, um, and we played around, and it was fun. And we actually, in that band, came um, Balloon, and Why Not Now, and, uh, you know, some of the older songs. Yeah, the, like some of those jams are on Put Into Words. Yeah. And those jams uh, are put into words. So I love that record, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. I like. I there's a lot of fucking songs. That's a really that solid I record. really really dig. And uh, it was it was hard for me to to pick songs for musical breaks on this one because I definitely wanted to the focus to be 
around realignment just to yeah. like serve the the release of the new record and but when i was trying to pick something off of uh off of put into words i was there's was just back man. and forth about a lot of songs like also, balloon. You, know, you also have the other the stuff uh um before um realignment and after right 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 the other side. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and uh but yeah you're playing me Kind of gives me yeah. some Jimmy Eat World vibes. And, yeah, Jimmy Eat World is my one of my favorite bands for sure. That's one of my favorite bands. Yeah, uh, and like, yeah, to this day, this that dude continues to write music that I yeah. love so much, and their live shows are so, so fucking good. Yeah, and it's just always been a huge impact yeah. on. Yeah, just on life, <laughs> Jim Atkins, man. Jim Atkins, I mean, great. Mark Trambino did that, um, the Bleed American album. He produced that, and it's just like that's um, and Mark Trambino did all the big, he did the Blink One Eight Two and all that, all the stuff on Drive Through Records. Yeah. Um, and he did uh, Midtown too. Yeah. Which is great. For sure. That's uh, the, all the links and all those. That's my, it's my, my favorite. But yeah, um, that record's so special. Uh, Bleed American. I mean, so special. It's one of the greatest records ever made. I think. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, yeah, that. But that one gives me the the Jimmy vibes and yeah yeah I'm just I'm super into it just the the whole thing and I definitely check out checked out uh, when the light turns blue as well and oh yeah and that's See, got that's some jams on it and that one seems like it's it's a little more like, focused and also like just on some like it's on yeah. this it, songs seem to be a little more simple you know yeah. you know you don't uh, seem to go too far out yeah like you do on some of the other tracks yeah and yeah, it's another cool like kind of has some some Ryan Adams and yeah, it like does. Tom Petty vibes. It's totally to Tom me. Petty. That's yeah. what we're going for. Yeah, <laughs> Tom Petty, Americana, very I'm like nailing it, everyone. Yeah, I'm nailing. I'll, I'll tell everybody at the park. I'm nailing all the references. <laughs> 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 we're just hanging out here on at Peninsula point. Park. Yeah, <laughs> the beautiful Peninsula Park. A little overcast today, but this rose garden here is yeah. uh, pretty outstanding. And, uh, yeah, dude, I got to see you play for the first time um, over at that Local Roots singer-songwriter contest, which you ended up, you know, winning for the, the rock category, which was which was rad. And yeah. bummed I only got to see you play one song. Yeah. But. <laughs> the, um, the future is long. Yeah, man. Earlier in the night, there's this dude, E. Wayne, e. Wayne Jones. Oh, yeah. And. Uh, it appeared that you knew him yes. from from maybe seeing him in the the Portland open mic singer songwriter type scene. Yeah, and he had played, and I I saw you tell him right after his por- performance, you were like, "Dude, you went all in." And, yeah, and that's exactly what I got out of your performance. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, your your seemed like the commitment level was definitely at like one hundred, yes. and like the the delivery of everything yes. and. You have uh, Bitches of the Sun, which is another Portland band, yeah. uh, backing you right now as your band. And that was the first time I'd seen them play as a unit. Uh, I've seen Joshua play before because mm-hmm. he's been on the podcast with the Pining Hearts. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I've just seen him that. play um, at different different shows and whatnot. And um, they're very excellent. And I was talking with fellow judge... Uh, josh mom from redwood son and he was just like man 
it's like kind of wish there was like a another microphone up there for for those for guys singing harmonies, yeah. and uh and i said yeah that would have been cool but what was cool to me is that they were all like kind of singing anyway and yeah. like that that puts out this different energy yeah and i just love when the band looks like they're all in with you yes and, uh, they, yes they definitely seem to serve the song like not only musically but performance wise as well and it's it's nice to kind of see that all come together and it was just yeah it was a cool even though i only got to see you play one song it yeah. was like a really cool introduction yeah. to me to what you do live um because other than that like i um definitely ch- checked out S- spotlight mm-hmm. from the new record realignment was the first um that was the first song i'd heard of yours and it like caught me off guard in a real good way just because i i didn't know what to expect and i wasn't expecting that and i was just like oh yeah i don't feel like this comes from portland oregon you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) this this does certainly seems to come from somewhere else but Mm -hmm. um yeah we're gonna get into realignment Mm -hmm. break that down a little bit um but figure we talk about the song maybe insert uh the track that you won that that local roots with Mm-hmm. which is called be with be with yeah yeah this is a killer jam and uh this is it this is david pollock with uh be with we broke up five months ago but now you piss me off because you got a new boyfriend should be none of my business but I'm still hurting baby I can't release these chains holding my positivity from letting myself be free I think it should be something different than just Facebook, baby, since that dagger fast, oh, I just want something new, something that ain't you, whoa, oh, I just want something real, so the past can't be Five months ago Zipped on the life Hiding deep in the seams Picking back up the struggle I'm feeling the heat Yeah, I'm burning, baby Yeah, I'm burning fast
with who I wanna be with. There's a silent disco going on here at this park. There's also a uh, bike musical. Yeah. <laughs> things are really getting wild. It's uh. It's true. Just there's just folks, you know, with their headphones, and uh, just doing some different things around. Yeah. You know? <laughs> some are dancing. <laughs> some are like yoga posing. Yeah. Some are just like vibing out in circles. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hula hooping. It's a wild day here at Peninsula like, What a strange Peninsula day at Peninsula Park. Peninsula Park. It's been amazing. That bike <laughs> musical trumps it, though. That's yeah. like, wow, it's really amazing, something dude. amazing. We were watching this like, this is great. And then we walked away. <laughs> um, How long did you spend uh, getting uh, this realignment record together? Well, um, I've done realignment with um one of my very good close friends um jonathan henshaw up in seattle and um you know i i had been writing these songs these were just songs that i've written the last like two three years and um i brought them into john and john's production style he's much it's much more modern he likes a lot of he comes from industrial background he loves doing like industrial like Nice nails or something like that. Like that's the kind of stuff he loves. But like it was interesting for him to put like kind of like a with this like soulful pop rock, um, and really put an edge on it. And and it was my first time really dealing with a lot of electronic elements. Um, so I was trying to experiment away from just you know guitars and bass and drums. Um, but um, yeah, it really pushed me to. Um, you know, try try something new. Yeah, man, things definitely get very experimental at some yeah. points. Like beat oh, the yeah. clock. Beat with the clock is a banger. It's the banger. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's a it's yeah. a cool fucking song. It's just yeah, all over the place. So yeah. far away from like what it seems that you've ever done yeah. like, on a production, and it's it's very cool. Yeah. Um, are you like one hundred percent involved in something like that? coming all together as far as like instrumentation and whatnot oh, um, or are you just kind of s- sitting well, in and yeah on the on the um on the for the tracks uh i got my friend ian in uh vermont to play a lot of the drum tracks so he played a lot of the drum tracks and then we just flew him into the mix um and i had my friend dylan play bass on one of the tracks on be with actually he kills it he's so good um yeah he he's the best and um and we had a bass track from uh my friend garrett who used to play bass with me here and he's out in bend right now um and so we flew those back through those in the mix but then i played all the guitars and then john did a lot of the midi not we kind of wrote that stuff together Okay. Especially on on uh, beat with the clock, I'm giving I gave John a uh, a songwriting credit because he really we really co-wrote that. That was like I came in with the idea of of that like riff, new 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 new, and like the first verse written, and then we just wrote the rest in the studio. So that like that was a true like collab, and that's why it's so different. And it was like, and we're like, should we put this on the album? We like almost didn't put it on the album, and John didn't want to, and I was like, no, nah, let's do it. It's kind of great. But, um, yeah, and then everything else, you know, I wrote, um, and then me and John kind of worked together on the production. Yeah, that Windy City yeah. jam is fucking killer. Yeah. I love the hook on that one. 
And that one, yeah, in that hook, it it kind of has like a little Beatles vibe to me when you do that little guitar yeah. walk and and just the way you deliver the like the lyrics at that that little turn point. It's just yeah. like, oh, this is like a cool fucking little Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> Ode to them. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's totally. Rad. Um, and then, and then crashing through a loss of sound is like There's way a different. Single. Yeah. And that one almost oh, has like on the some vibes from yeah. like the cure on that on that record. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's totally different. I mean a lot of this this record is just like is like if you think of like what you've heard before by me, like this is like whoa. This is another <laughs> world, you know. You might not like it, but who you just give it a listen, give it a chance. Yeah, um Yeah, where did like that angst and like that attitude to like want to make a record like this kind of come from well first for crashing um i did that record that was not produced by john that was produced by my friend philippe that i met through a friend in montreal um like years ago and he did um the single um uh, i saw your future he did i saw your future with me and then this is the second track that i've done with him so that's not even with john and that's a remix of the single Crashing Through a Loss of Sound that I released previously. Okay. So that's just some background on that. But where do I get the angst to do the record yeah, like this? Yeah, there's definitely like a different attitude with this one that's, that's, that's much different, I feel like, than the other released music. Yeah, I think um, I wrote a lot of these songs. Like There was like a couple-year period where like, I was doing a lot of like little odd jobs and I was just, and I graduated college and I was just kind of figuring out what I was doing. I was living in my parents' house and I was just like, what am I doing here? What am I doing? Like, I need to do something. And a lot of these songs came from that. Like, Windy City came from that angst of like, I got to go, but I don't know how to go. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, and, a lot, and then a couple of them, uh, one I wrote, uh, I'm for you, I wrote with this guy, Lionel, that I met in New Orleans. And we'd been, uh, he's been sending me lyrics and I've been sending him like um, melodies and music for a while. We've just had a part, we've written a few songs together and that was one that got on the record. Um, so that was really cool. So a lot of collabs on this record. Uh, Spotlight was a collab too. That's a, so like a lot of this, a lot band. of stuff. That's why this record sounds so different because I was working with a lot of different people and, and a lot of different energies kind of gone in it. And yeah. I think it's kind of interesting to yeah. do that. Yeah, and opened you up to some things that you probably wouldn't have yeah. gone towards if not for someone else being in the room kind of writing the song exactly. with you. Yeah, man. Exactly. So it was, it's interesting. It's good to like kind of change it up as, as an artist, you know. It is, it's, it's good to not just kind of keep it the same. Yeah, I think it's important for probably the growth and yeah. longevity. Yeah. You know, you got to think you got to make some different moves to keep things interesting for yourself and yeah. just to you know see what m might work and i think it's i think it's also easy to kind of fall into that comfortable mode of maybe when you write a couple songs that you know people really like to kind of keep going back to that same formula yeah so i don't know it's important to divert from that every once in a while yeah definitely um, and I'm, and also I think I'm trying to do with this record and everything they're on. I'm just, I'm trying to get away from like the singer songwriter route, or I I don't want to look at myself as a singer songwriter. I want to look at myself as like a solo act, like like the people that I love right now are doing it. Corny Barnett is okay. like my girl. 
You're like, I want to be that, you know? Or like, um, what's the- somebody, you know, Caroline Rose <laughs> is uh, someone not as not as popular as Courtney Burnett, but you should definitely check her out if you haven't. She's great. And she is a solo act and she plays with a band. Yeah. You know, so it's like that. I want to do kind of something like that. Yeah. Someone that has like that solo name, but like has a band. Yes. Still like you don't. Um, I would assume that you don't enjoy like playing solo acoustic shows. Uh, I do it sometimes, but, I, you know, I don't enjoy it. Yeah. You know, I just don't really feel like it represents what you do. Definitely. Although a different thing is I, I still love to busk, you know, I'll still go out in front of, you know, salt and straw and. And play my guitar, and that's fun. Um, but I don't like playing like shows, acoustic, yeah. solo acoustic anymore. How how uh, as much. were you playing a lot in New York before you moved to Portland? Oh as yeah, as far as live shows and whatnot. Yeah, 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 I played a lot. What was uh, what was that New York kind of music scene like while you were in it? Was it was it something that was super positive for your for your growth as a as an artist it's very competitive um and um oh my god once you get out into new york they'll give you drinks you know they'll actually give you like like free drinks you know and some will give you free food like i never had that in new york when i was in new york the first time i toured out of new york i think i went to boston or something and they offered me drinks Vermont and Vermont was like, here, here you go, here's everything. <laughs> Vermont, but anyway, when I went to like somewhere outside of New York, they treat you so much better. You know, they give you, I mean, they give you like drinks and they give you a cut of the bar sometimes and like better door deals. It's just like it's just like and great hospitality. But in New York, it's just like show me what you got. Yeah, for you know? sure. So it's probably very similar in yeah. the same like similar to Los Angeles in the, yeah. the music scene that I grew up in, which is pretty much like, if you want to play here, it's not going to come at no cost almost. And also like, that's the thing is everybody wants to play there. So you kind of have to like jump through those hoops and you have to get the shitty, like you're not going to make money off this show. Even if you brought 40 or 50 people out, and you're not going to make money off this show because the booker knows that he's got 15 other people that'll take that deal. Yeah. So they don't got to give you anything. And then, um, but it's really only for notoriety, you know? It's like New York is like the place where you can meet some, like, PR or whatever, like some marketing or, or labels or whatever that are in the industry. But it's really like, it's like investing in your business. You're not making money when you play in New York. Right. And then, and but uh, but in but in Brooklyn and stuff and, and Queens, they have a lot of DIY, DIY venues, and those are great. And the DIY scene in Brooklyn, which is kind of like deteriorating and but always opening and closing because, you know, places always close. Um, I know, great. One of my favorite DIY venues in Brooklyn, uh, Shea Stadium, that closed like, you know, six months ago. Oh, my God. And, and then all the stuff on Kent, like, closed, like, um, Death by Audio and Glasslands and Monster Island and all these like, you know, the stuff that the that all of these New York bands from the early 2000s came out of and the mid 2000s the Brook the Brooklyn hipster scene came out of that. Yeah, is there just a crazy amount of different kinds of music going on? Yeah, too? and also you can still get the community vibe in New York though. That's the thing that a lot of people don't know and and don't get is like there's a lot of 
little communities of people who know each other that play music but there's so many people that there's so many communities it's so hard to know everybody yeah um uh, but you can still get that community like people share spaces um you know there's a lot there's still a lot of venues to play you gotta get creative but none are in manhattan anymore manhattan you gotta be like you know you gotta be with live nation to go through manhattan now For there's sure. like no you know, and maybe play, you know, Rockwood or something like that, which is a really nice venue for singer-songwriters. But that's that's a little easier to get into. But, like, everything in Manhattan is gone. And Brooklyn's got stuff and Queens and it's got in the Bronx and stuff. But, like, it's really gentrified pretty badly. Yeah. That's why I moved here. Yeah? Yeah. One of the reasons. For sure. Yeah. Well, did you... Uh Once you found out that you can maybe make a little money outside of New York, did you... Did you start kind of making those runs to other cities yes. pretty regularly? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did like Boston and around Massachusetts and Vermont and Montreal all the time. Because I had a really good friend from Montreal that I met at that camp when I was a kid. And we stayed in touch. And I would always go up there. When I, I went to school in Vermont for like a year, I would go up there all the time. So I met his friends and everything. And so I just like made a little community up there. And it was just an easy run. I did that all the time. Yeah, is that is that uh one of the few people that you keep in touch from like with from that that camp or do no, you keep I in touch with like No, I still got some good friends from that camp. That's, that's fucking that cool, camp man. That camp was like everything. Yeah, to me. yeah. obviously yeah. like had a huge impact on Yeah, and there's some there's some big like people that came out of that camp. Do you know that um who who came out of that camp? Um Oh, you know Speedy Ortiz? Yeah. Yeah, uh Sadie Dupuy came out of that camp. Okay. I, went, I went to camp I think at this we overlapped at the same time. Ellen Kempner from um, Pale Hound went to that camp. Um, it's like it was awesome. L King, who um, uh, yeah, Rakeesh, she went to that camp. It was pretty. It's a camp. That's fucking cool, man. <laughs> it was a camp. Yeah, I'll yeah. It was a great camp. Changed was, your life. It changed my <laughs> changed my life. It really did. Bucks Rock Creative Arts Camp changed my life. That's awesome, man. Yeah, great. And I made a lot of great friends there that I still keep in touch with. Um, why'd you pick Portland to come out to? Um, I, you know, I was thinking of moving somewhere and I made a trip out to, I had, I made a trip, like it was like a weird tour, but basically like I can't only came out here cause I wanted to look at it cause I was thinking of moving out here. So I booked shows in like Seattle and Olympia and, um, Portland and I came out here um, and I went to Seattle and, uh, you know, I went to Seattle a lot when I was a kid because my mom's best friend was in Seattle. So we'd go over there and visit her and her kids all the time. So I've been to Seattle a lot when I was a kid and I love Seattle and I always was like, I want to move out here. I love it. So I went to Seattle and I was like, man, this is really ugly. This is really expensive. And I went to Portland and I was like, unbelievable. This is incredible. <laughs> And um, I have a, my friend Lucas who has moved to Mexico fairly recently. Cr pretty crazy. That's where I'm but, going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's going to Mexico, no doubt. But he um, uh, he introduced me to Antonio. And I went to, you know, this, like, really cool open mic in a house thing. And I was like, I'm sold. This is great. I stayed in a hostel. I stayed on the Hawthorne Hostel and I met all these people and I was like, I'm sold. Nice. And I moved here three months later. Right on. And on that tour, I had, I went out there just for just to play these songs like for no reason. And then I flew 
to Chicago and then did a tour from Chicago to New York. So it was like a, it was like the Northwest dates made no sense because I just wanted to come out here to move, basically. So, so since moving to Portland, like what is, what have you recognized ultimately as the biggest difference between what's going on here musically and in New York as far as like the community? Um... I mean, obviously, there's not as much media here, so therefore, there's not as much stardom here. It's just uh, like there's. I mean, there's I don't me. Know, sorry, David, the right. There's like, me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's dance. There's danceable. Yeah. There's danceable presents. <laughs> danceable presents, man. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's um. The difference is, I mean, obviously, this is just a lot smaller. Um, and. Like, as someone that. How, I mean, I, I think the only, the, like, the big difference is media. You know, there's no, like, there's no, like, big media here. There's some, but like, there's no, like, big media like right. New York. There's no, like, big PR agencies. There's no, like, you know, there's no Jimmy Fallon here. You yeah. know, there's no night tonight show. There's no ABC and NBC. You know what I mean? Like that making it like the media capital of the world like catapults you. For you know, sure. there's just more media. I think that's the difference. But besides that, you know, it um there's just more shows cuz there's more people. It's just more. Yeah. It's much more. What about from a standpoint of like how long have you been in Portland? A year and a half. A year and a half. And it, it seems like you play a fair share out and about, you know, was, was it very, was it pretty easy for you to kind of, I guess, penetrate the community in the, in the sense of being able to like get gigs pretty quickly? I mean, it took a little while. I mean, I think it took me like a year to be like, yeah, I can really book right here now. Cause it took me, it takes a while to like meet everybody, meet the bookers and like meet who's, you know, making the decisions and stuff like that. And it just, that just takes like, time you know like it's like the 10,000 hours like it takes yeah. like 10,000 hours to be like really good at that which is it also takes like 10,000 hours to meet all the people in the city you know yeah absolutely yeah and what about as far as like quality of shows as far as like venues taking care of artists because I know you were mentioning earlier just about playing playing those early shows in New York and it's just like oh like <laughs> the venue doesn't care about you at yeah. all yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, again, everybody here is just like so much nicer. You know, <laughs> just like, just like, oh, is there anything I can take care of you? Um, when I um, I played a show at um, Lola's. I was opening band for some other band at Lola's, and they had like a whole staff for me. And like she's just like oh, my own waiter, like to bring you bring hot me towels stuff. if you want hot towels. No, it's like really amazing. Like, bring me, me water, bring me beer. Towels. You know, it's like it's like yeah, yeah. I mean, that's really <laughs> nice, especially like the McMinnons thing. Like it's just like crazy. But just even playing like Upper Street Pub is really nice. You know, they give you like a couple drinks and like, you know, it's just and it's just very nice. And the sound guy's really nice. You know, sound guy in New York never no. Let's go. Sound check. Sound guy in New York. We're gonna get a line check. You know, <laughs> you're getting a line check. You're not getting a sound check. Most dealing with some crusty old. Unless you're playing sound, like, sound but, but then we, then if you're playing like DIY stuff, every you know the musicians are putting it on for the musicians. That's a different thing. Like Brooklyn DIY DIY is like different than anywhere else. 
that I've ever seen. And then, but this this has like a similar kind of vibe, like, um, but it's it's like house shows here and like, um, you know, shows that people put on. But it, it's it's a little different over there. And like in the beginning of the conversation, you were talking about uh, how you've always been like way into the songwriting. Yeah. Um, and I know you don't necessarily just want to be identified as somebody that goes out with their acoustic guitar and plays plays solo and everything. But is it is the thrill for you and the the thing that still pulls you on, like pulls you in, is just writing writing songs still over yeah. the performing? Um. No, I still like the performing. I love the performing. I yeah. love it, you know? I love it. Because it's just like, you want to put on, like, you want to put on the best show that somebody else has ever seen every time. That's what I think for me. So, like, I, I like, I kind of like them equally. Yeah. I like them equally, yeah. Serve different, totally like different pieces of you. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And I write a song, the way I like to write is I don't like to be, like, sitting down usually in writing. Like, I like to, like, write my songs, like, when I'm walking, you know, like, I'll hum something into my hum like a melody into my phone and then I'll like write the stuff on my phone and then I'll like take a guitar and I'll like do pace around the room and play it but I don't, I don't like to like sit you know yeah and as far as as far as lyrics go is that something that that your lyrics things are go, like fragments are popping into your head or what um I, you know that's a tough one I mean it happens different every time it happens different every time I, I can't, I know that, like, lyrics come to me best when I'm walking. I know when they come to me best, but yeah. I don't know, like, sometimes a whole song comes, sometimes just, like, a lyric comes, or sometimes a uh, a sentence comes. Sometimes I merge two songs together, you know, or sometimes I merge three songs together into yeah. one song. That happens a lot. But, um, but lyrics, man, I don't know, I mean, a lot of them, a lot of them come when I'm walking. Well, they all come like when I take. I like to take. They come in the morning and they come when I'm walking. I I either write really well, really late at night, or really early in the morning. And I can't write during the day. <laughs> Do you attribute that to anything? Um, it's when I'm freshest. For sure. When it's really late at night, I can't stay awake. And I can't really think that much anymore, so it just blurts out. In the morning, I'm really fresh. Okay. You know. It's that ham, egg, and cheese. Yes, it, with just, hot sauce. it just gets it, it yeah. gets the yeah. gets the lyrics flowing. And when I go to California, avocado. <laughs> Not here. You don't test the avocado. I can do that, I can do that here, here too. Yeah. Well, they don't have any places to have here. They except hash it out food truck. <laughs> they make the really good bodega sandwich. They really do. Right on, man. Well, I I dig your tunes and um, yeah, just just dig what you're doing overall and I'm stoked to. Stoked to see what you do next after kind of having this more of a collaborative experience yeah. on the songwriting on realignment because I definitely dug like some of the experiments that that you that you went with on that one. Yeah, yeah. but that uh, man that that put into words record. Ooh, yeah, yeah. That that I told you earlier, like that record for me is is super fucking like solid mm-hmm. you know like i just i just dig so many of the songs and i think like your songwriting is is pretty interesting like the the little flavors that you try to put on the on the hooks and yeah and everything is is solid dude yeah so, so i look forward to seeing like a, a full set 
in the future with the, with the band and whatnot. Yeah. And, and now I'm starting to play with uh, Bitches of the Sun as my backing band, you know, for if they can make it. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. rad. <laughs> yeah. And I have a music video coming out for Be With. Yes. Yeah. And that's uh that's going to be out real soon because this podcast is coming out uh, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, so it's coming out the 29th. Awesome. Right, so a week from tomorrow. Check that out. And where's a where's a good place to, to keep up with you um, as far as the old social uh, medias and whatnot Instagram to know when you're is playing? Instagram uh, David Pollock Music. Uh, David Pollock Music. And then um, my website is davidpollockmusic.com. Cool. I'll put that in the... Uh, the links yeah. to the episode there in the notes so you can check that out and um we end every episode of the podcast with the guest saying the tagline for the show which is it's a program so if you want to give us uh the david pollock it's a program we can uh finalize this episode of the podcast it's a program there it is <laughs> david pollock Thanks for hanging, man. Yeah, man. Here at Peninsula, Peninsula Park, Park in Portland, Oregon. Uh, we're going to play it out with the jam called Mean It This Time. This it's is a rosy night. This is uh, one of my favorites, favorite songs in your catalog, man. I, I dig this one quite a bit. So yeah. This is it. This is Dave Pollock, everybody, and we will catch you on the flip side, Portland.
the stands Contemplating all your plans It's about time you've played the game Anthem's been sung So give it all you got And give it another shot It's a program.